Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck Welcome to episode 118 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Uh, Jason, I don't say this very often, but uh, for the first time since being there in person at the Raw in Brooklyn after SummerSlam, this is, I would say, by far the best Raw I think either one of us has seen since SummerSlam and most likely before. Your thoughts, buddy? I, I think Raw was tremendous. You know, um, I try to live tweet Raw, obviously, um, uh, at work shoot pod, of course, on Twitter. And yeah, like it's, it, watching the show, you know, sometimes it's really a grind watching the show. It's tough to watch. But this week, I felt like it was a good, there was a good flow to the show. And I don't know, Corey, it can't run be like that every week. Couldn't we have like a fun show that has a good flow, getting heels over basically every week? And you look at it, and Jason Powell has mentioned this in the past, our buddy from ProWrestling.net, where these kind of, uh, you know, heel authority figures drag the show down constantly. And we saw that with Shane. He wasn't on the show that much. He was on the show a couple of times, came out, was fun, said a couple of things, challenged the heel. and But really, the sh- it was just a different kind of flow to the show. And I, I don't know. For at least a couple of months, I really think they need to look into this direction into having some type of fun, not having the heels, you know, dominate every time, not having Stephanie out there. And as much as I love Stephanie and Triple H out there, change the show up, change the flow of the show. It was fun to watch on Monday. It really was. I I agree. Felt I mean, as always, the third hour of Raw, you know, three hours and ten minutes of television. That third hour always drags. I mean, I don't think that there's really anything besides making it a shorter show that won't make that third hour drag. But I mean, if that was a two-hour show, Corey, it would have been amazing. Absolutely. If that was just a two-hour, I know it can't be because we know all the stuff. But if that was a two-hour show, it would have been, it would have been awesome. Only sad thing is, I, I didn't even notice this. I just looked at it quickly, and we're not going to talk about this much, but this past Raw scored a 2.5 rating down from a 2.93. Um, I know that was the Raw after Mania, so there's going to be a bigger audience, but it didn't hold an audience for the following week. I mean, weren't going up against uh, national championship games or anything else, so that felt like a little bit of a worry. But everything really made – this is a weird thing to say about wrestling and WWE. But a lot of things made sense, you know? I mean, and we well, don't the only thing that. Sense, the only thing that didn't make sense was Shane telling Kevin Owens he can't get an automatic rematch. The champion should always get a rematch for the title if he loses it. So other than that, which I thought was kind of corny, um, and they you know, had a match, which was a tremendous match – so it ended up working out, but it was pretty logical how they did things and um, very, very enjoyable to watch for sure. And it was, you know what, I I really want to know what they do next. I mean, I would have cared, I would have been a huge proponent of finding out what happens next either way, but I thought the way they introduced Gallows and Anderson was done well. It made you wonder why they were there, what they were doing. It had that, and I'm sure it was supposed to have it because they are a rip, kind of a ripoff or parody, whatever you want to say, or homage to the NWO. But it really felt like those first nights of the NWO where they attack somebody, they're dressed in street clothes, and you're sitting there going, why are they here? You know, it was, it felt, a li- I don't know if it felt special, but it felt different. And it felt like something that was good. The, but they did attack the, the Usos. You know what I mean? They could have attacked Reigns or had Cena take a bump. I know he can't. But, you know, I mean, it was the Usos. And God bless the Usos. They're a great tag team. But, I mean, all right, the Usos got beat up. You know, the Dudleys beat them up a few weeks before that. I don't know. I get what you're saying. I like the idea. I hope this becomes something. Like, they attack one week and then attack 
a bigger guy the next week and a bigger guy the week after that. You know, attack an indie darling, attack Zane, attack Cesaro. You know, we'll see where they go with it. Um, and, and yeah, I was a little critical on Twitter, I guess, at work to shoot pod where I did like them doing an attack. I just, I would have preferred they attacked someone with a little bit more clout than Uso. But you know what? I think it brought up questions, <clears throat> brought up ideas. And maybe I'm overthinking like I always do. So, but, yeah, but, but hold on, don't let you me, think let me... it might be in a freaking tag team tournament, which is. No, I, mean... I don't, I, I don't see that. I mean, but here, but think about this. Who's the cousin of the Usos? And what former member of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, who was part of the Bullet Club with them, is facing that cousin? I mean, you have ideas where this story... I mean, like I said, this might be a wrestling fan just trying to make things where there aren't. Yeah, but I the idea of I think the Usos I being... A why, would, why would they just not have attacked Roman Reigns? Because it's a slow build to maybe finding out uh, at the pay-per-view what their true thing is. I mean, one of the things I'm really interested in is just like the NWO, there was that big moment of who the third guy in this group's going to be. I mean, everyone th- thought beforehand it was going to be Finn Balor. It looks like Finn Balor is going to be staying in NXT for a little while. It's going to be part of you know the, their European you know tour that they're doing in a couple of months. He's still the champion. You've got you know you've got AJ Styles who was a member with them. You've got you know I, you, I know you didn't like the idea, but. Just like you had with Hogan, who was the face, you know, the the major big time face was the big turn. You might be able to have maybe a John Cena being the third guy. You have ideas out there. And I know that John Cena is a boring idea to you, so I'll let you get into that in a second. But just the idea of that there's possibilities. There's the idea of I need to watch next week to find out what's going on. And I think in a, a lot of weeks, you sit there and you watch the show because we do a podcast and you sit there going, <laughs> all right, three hours of this godforsaken show, and all right, we're going to have this again next week, and then this week, and then we have a pay-per-view or a network special, and we do it again. You know, coming out of this week, it felt like it was important. Yeah, I mean, it does bring up some possibilities. I I don't want this to be next week. Gals and Anderson in a tag team tournament. Like, I don't want to see that. And I think, I hope they make these guys above the tag team tournament temporarily. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they'll hold the tag team titles. It's no problem. But I don't want that to be a thing next week. If they're entering the tag team tournament next week and they're wrestling Enzo and Cass, I'll be disappointed. I think these guys should be attacking the main eventers, the stars, the big-time guys. And... Unfortunately, Cena's not there and, and, and is unable to compete. So he can't be there. But, because that's the guy you attack, right? That's the guy the Nexus attacked. Uh, the Shield was a little different. They attacked Ryback when, uh, I think it was Ryback when CM Punk was going against yeah. him for the title. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, we'll see what their impact is. I am looking forward to seeing what they do next. Um, there's been rumors of a lot of guys talking We've talked about Cena, which is not really a rumor. I think that's more just us making crap up. Um, we've heard Rollins, who is six months after his ACL surgery, might be a little bit early. Um, I, I think it would be cool for Rollins to lead a stable, to be honest with you. He's proven he can talk, and I think a stable would be good for him. There needs to be a dominant stable. Obviously, the League of Nations has not worked out. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Corey, the League of Nations, when it came out on Monday... The crowd was just, they were like, they were, it was worse than them getting booed. They were just apathetic. Yeah, absolutely. They just didn't care that they were out there. And uh, uh, the rumors are going to be breaking them up soon. There's a lot of different ways they can go. But I guess my question for you is, do you think, not what do you want, what do you think they do? Do you think they are entering this tag team tournament and they're a tag team and then that's kind of it? Do you think they have a bigger role do you think they have a they get a leader to their stable? I'm talking about Anderson and Gallo specifically. As you're saying that, I'm about I'm typing the, I'm about to type the words. Are we are we talking about the League of Nations or are we talking about Gallows and and Anderson? Um, I I don't see them in this tag team tournament. I mean, unless you're saying they they've eliminated uh, the Usos so they're taking their place in a match next week against the against the Void Villains. I mean. I don't see that. I mean, 
I could see them going and being responsible for the for the uh, Usos not being in the tournament because they're quote unquote too hurt to compete, possibly. But I mean, I see them getting involved in this main event situation. I mean, I know you said you wanted to see them going against somebody bigger, but you know what? Just and I'm going to hark back to the NWO because this is what it, you know. This is what they are. They're the NWO in 2016. NWO when they first started. They didn't go after the big guys. It was more of talking, and they were taking out the mid-card job guys at first, and then you had Sting confront them, and then you had, you know, the turns and the macho man and everything. So it was a story that built up, and it worked into something, you know, huge. You know, so, I mean, I don't know what they want to do here. I wouldn't put them in the tag team tournament. Mm. I mean, do you want to go and have them basically blow up the tag team tournament? And they go and dominate the New Day, and they have the tag team titles. That's somewhere you can go. And then, because I don't know if the New Day needs the titles at the moment. And when you have a new act like Anderson and Gallows, it might help them to, not as a crutch, but just as an extra thing for the people who don't really know them. Having the titles might help them a little bit get over. I mean, and especially if you're going to do some sort of stable, it's always... These stables always, you know, I think do better at first if, they, if they're if they holding gold. The Shield, you know, when they came in, they uh, they won the IC title, or the U.S., I don't remember right now. And the tag team titles, basically right away, they put titles on them. So, I mean, to show that they are dominant. So, I mean, I could maybe see that. You know, they didn't do the two sweet either. I mean, it's interesting. They didn't do that. Well, they did the whole type thing with the stunt, with the uh, crossing, you know, with hitting their fingers with the guns. When the uh, people in the audience were chanting for uh, Bullet Club. So, I mean, they did do that. And that's another thing. It's going to be interesting to see how much they're going to go and have to change up what they do. Or how much they're going to actually allow them to be the Bullet Club. I mean, I know on the WWE website, I think they called them like hashtag Bullet Club or something. I think I saw. So, it's going to be interesting to see if they could use the name Bullet Club. Because New Japan owns the rights. And when it comes to ROH with, you know, the Young Bucks... They're called the Bullet Club, but they're using the title on loan. So it's going to be interesting to see if they call them Bulletproof or how this works out. But I, I really think the interesting thing is, if there is, which I, I fully think we both think there will be, a third member, how big of an impact of a third member it's going to be. Because they might be huge. You know, you have fans chanting and wearing Bullet Club shirts. But I, if they don't have somebody who has that gravitas and people are going to care about, I don't know how much this will work. I mean... Does a guy and, like and, and how much they and how much they push him? It could be AJ, which everyone loves and cares about. Mm-hmm. But if they're wrestling Dolph Ziggler in the uh, the the undercard of SmackDown in you know two months, what is that going to do? Absolutely. I mean, the Shield for whatever reason they push the hell out of them. You know, they push the hell out of them, and I, I think if this is going to work, the only way this is going to work, Corey, is if they push him hard. That's it. I give them a big third member. That third member is an instant main eventer, whoever that is, whether that's AJ or Finn Balor or Seth Rollins. That guy is a main eventer, and they're legit, and they're out there already. Now, do you think that they should be babyfaces, heels, just general ass kickers who take out everybody? I mean, how yes, do you think, what do you think they should be? That one. They should take out, they should take out everyone. They they should just be they should just beat up everybody, um, and I know the Shield were heels, but the Shield kind of beat up everybody too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they would be better off doing that, um, but as heels, you know, not acknowledging the fans, not mm-hmm. saying oh we you know we love being in Philly, you know that kind of thing, um, you know, not too sweeting the fans, none of that stuff. So um, even, like, faking too sweeting the fans, they could do a little bit of that. So maybe a bit more on the heel side, I'd say, but kind of beating everybody up. Another guy that could be, who could be returning soon, what do you think of refreshing Randy Orton and him being the badass? Or has Randy Orton kind of been turned just like a big show so much that it really wouldn't have the effect? Um, I think when Orton comes back, people are going to be into it because, I mean, he's, you know, still good in the ring and, um, you know, he's not the best on the mic, but he's fine. He get he gets by. And so I think he'll he'd be effective and the fans would be into him. I'm not sure what the hell they do with him. I mean, he's probably gonna be a baby face in the beginning, I would assume. 
Um, they have a lot of baby faces, though. True. I mean, their biggest heel now, other than Roman Reigns, is Kevin Owens, basically. Um, and, and he's such a good heel, Corey. I, I think, listen, we all love Kevin Owens, and, you know, I've loved him since Ring of Honor, as you have. But you just appreciate how good he is. You know, that they're really putting him out there more because of the injuries. He's just he's just awesome. Um, also, you can throw Jericho into the heel mix, but because Jericho's been fantastic, but who knows how long he's there for. Um, yeah, Orton is going to be a curious thing, right? I, I don't know what they do with him. There's a lot of baby faces there, though, so turning him heel might be the way to go. Last thing on this list for me right now, we may come back to this more as the hour goes along, but do you want to, one of the guys, like you said, the two biggest ideas that people have is Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Do you think they should turn AJ Styles heel? Because if he goes with them and you think it's going to be kind of a heel group, does AJ is starting to get over? I mean, he has 400 different, you know, finishers at the moment, but I I love him. That's that. I love that he has. I talk, I said that on Twitter. He is the one guy. Not only does he have those finishers, those finishers are over all of them. But anyway, go ahead. Right. And he appears to be getting over. He's kind of. He's very similar right now, a little bit to like Sami Zayn, where you have the two under underdog type of characters. But if you're going to put him with the Bullet Club or whatever they're going to call this group, is it too soon or the wrong idea to make him a heel? Or by putting AJ with them, are they baby faces? So that's a great question. The other issue is that AJ can't talk, and Anderson Anderson feel, can though. And, and yeah, but the leader of the group can't talk, so then Anderson's gonna talk. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know. Um, Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's an excellent point in terms of AJ, the fans being big fans of AJ. And then AJ would have to basically kill all the indie darlings, quote-unquote. He'd have to cheat to win, beat all the indie darlings. Um, and, you know, maybe the WWE says, screw it. Let's turn this into whatever it's going to turn into, but it's going to sell some T-shirts. And, like, we don't care. Um, you know, the Shield was were basically baby faces for most of their run without being baby faces because they were so good and everyone loved them. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know where they go. I, I think it's a great question. The great question, the whole idea of an AJ or a Finn Balor, someone the fans are already connected to and they already like the bullet club. They were kind of chanting bullet club um, in LA it's tough. It's tough. I, I think what you have to do is ha- you have to have them attack everybody, including the indie darlings, um, cheat to win, tell the fans to go screw themselves. Because as much as people love Owens, he does get booed still. You know, he does get booed. So I hear – but having AJ, like I said, he, the, you need the leader to be able to really talk in the mic. I don't know if AJ can do that it's gonna well be, enough. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. I mean – it worked in New Japan. Will it work here? Who knows? I mean, New Japan was such a New Japan was such a different thing, you know. Like I, watching, you know, watching the stuff that they've done oh, the past whatever year or so. Um, you know, they didn't really cut promos. I mean, they, you know, for the most part, they didn't really cut promos. You know, Carl Anderson would come out during his ring entrance and curse the fans out. I mean, they didn't really. There wasn't a lot of you know. And they would do press conferences to set things up and. Um, they would do angles where a guy like attacked another guy or took a guy's belt. It was very simple kind of storylines. Um, you know, AJ has had to talk on the mic in TNA in the past. You know, he had that thing with Ric Flair for a while. I know he's had to talk in the past, but I just, I don't see it. Yeah, small doses, AJ can be good. I mean, we got it right now with AJ and uh, Roman Reigns, two guys who... I don't really think you talk that way out of a paper bag most times going at it. I mean, bringing up Roman Reigns, though, let's move on to uh, the other big thing that happened on Raw. With uh, We had Bray Wyatt, looks like the beginning of a face turn or the beginning of a, of a con job of, 
of Roman versus Bray, you know, main eventing the next couple of months where, you know, the turn happening. But how'd you feel with that uh, L.A. crowd? Basically, besides A.J. and Sami Zayn, the, the biggest face of the night was Bray Wyatt. And do you think that could be something that can work long term? Uh, maybe. Um, and I know you, you're going to bring this up about talking about him being injured, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, he could be a big baby face, but there's already something. Cesaro's a baby face. Zane's a baby face. Age is a baby face. Cena, when he comes back, is a baby face. Orton might be a baby face when he comes back. I, I think that's a lot going on there. So. You know, they had Bray Wyatt look at the t- Triple H's, t- look at the WWE title when Triple H had it, you know, like whatever it was, a month ago. Maybe they set up some Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns for the title, you know, keep, because, you know, obviously they're trying to line up opponents for Reigns until SummerSlam, maybe when he goes against Lesnar again, something like that. So I think this, you know, you have Bray maybe be babyface for a little bit and then kind of turn on Reigns and go after the title after Reigns beats AJ, which I think is going to happen. So I would prefer them to keep Bray as a heel at this point. But, you know, we'll see where they go. I think Bray Wyatt is good on the mic. He can kind of get over as either. It's going to be interesting to see where they go. I mean, I kind of I kind of liked uh, Wyatt as a babyface. I mean, I don't know if it's time yet. I think when he does become a babyface, I think he could be one of the bigger ones in the company. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they do it, but uh, I, that's another thing that I, I thought was interesting. And I really, I, I wonder where this is going. I mean, with the injury, depending on how long uh, Bray's out for, how much that changes things, uh, I'm really interested to see what they do. I mean, I think, I think short-term at least, I think this is just going to set up, if he's healthy, Bray versus Roman Reigns. At, you know, Extreme Rules, most likely, or one of the B pay-per-views that will be coming up. But, you know, talking about pay-per-views for a moment, on paper, on what it looks like where they're going, this card could be one of the better cards of the year, you know? I mean, if you think about this, we got most likely, well, we already know we got Reigns versus AJ. We got Dean versus Jericho. We also have, it looks like, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. I'm guessing we'll... Whoever's left of this will have the finals of the uh, the tag team tournament. This on paper looks like a really good show. You got Natty versus um, Charlotte, which I thought was a good match on Monday. Yes, absolutely. And, they have good chemistry in the ring. And I'll be honest, I really, really wanted to kill anything that featured Dr. Phil. I mean, it wasn't anything special, was, you know, but it wasn't terrible. I thought it wasn't bad and for, for a guest segment. It wasn't bad. And and I think, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're setting up some type of, you know, Ric Flair not being around as much anymore. I don't know. But I, I thought it was interesting. I didn't think it was bad, actually. I agree. Uh, and I was, I mean, I thought it was a good story. I mean, it's a shame that we don't know what's going to happen with Sasha for the short term. That's going to be interesting. But uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on, which I thought was one of the better segments of the night. And... And I'm glad the way they did it. So, and I would I would have killed them for it if they had not done it this way. But they didn't hype the whole entire night of Jericho having this huge guest pumping up the crowd, just doing it before the break and coming back where he you know interviewed himself, which I thought was really done well. And I'm pretty sure you liked it a lot. But oh I, my gosh, it was I thought that was I really give them credit for not trying to go and sucker the fans like making it one of the biggest stars in WWE history is going to be interviewed tonight. And they just did it before the break, and it wasn't. They didn't make it like this huge deal. Well, it would have been. Well, I think the way they could have done that if Jericho said, "Coming up, I'm interviewing the best, greatest star in the history of WWE." I think if he would have done it, then it wouldn't have been as bad because it would have been him healing out on the whole company. Uh, but yeah, it, it's good they didn't do that. I thought the segment was great. I thought um, Ambrose. I, I know people say he gets a little bit too funny, but. That's kind of his character, so I think he did a good job with that. I really, really enjoyed the segment, and um, I'm going to enjoy the interplay between the two of those guys. They head into the next pay-per-view. What payback it's going to be? Yeah, and you know what? I, you know one thing that I like most years payback 
is all rematches. And we've got fresh matchups, which I really like. I mean, That's true. one thing I wanted to bring up quickly, and I don't know if you brought this up on uh, Twitter, at WorkShoot. I saw some of your comments uh, with some of the fans and other people online this past Monday, but I don't... People have to realize that Shane McMahon is just an on-screen character. This isn't Shane McMahon's ideas. He's not the big, fresh face with new ideas coming in. And because he's there, the product is so much better. It's the idea that it's a new season and they're trying something new. So, I mean, the idea of people saying that, you know, Shane McMahon is this uh, is the savior, the new creative voice. And these are people who aren't, you know, the typical marks who they don't realize that it's still, you know, Vince, Kevin Dunn, and these same people are writing the shows. I mean, shows have been better, and the idea of Shane being there is interesting. But I just want people to realize that Shane is not writing the product right now. Thank, thank you, Corey. I've been seeing that online, though. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been seeing people, you know, going, you know, Shane should take over the business. Look how much better it is now that he's in charge. And it's like he's a character. I, I, think, I, think, I think most people know that he. That he is not in charge. I, I think there's okay. a very, very small minority. I mean, and like I said, I mean, I want to see how they, how they get not out of the storyline, but yeah. how long are they going to have him? As the fans said that overwhelmingly that they wanted him to be in charge, <clears throat> so he's in charge again this week. I mean, it's it's a weird story, and you know where are they going to go? I mean, is he going to be there this week when they're in Europe? Are they going to say, you know, he wasn't able to go, and then when they come back, he's in charge again? I mean, the way yeah. the Kevin Owens thing went, it made it, Kevin Owens made it kind of sound like this was it. So we don't know what's happening, you know, afterwards. Yeah, I know. I, I think, you know, a lot of people would say this has been the best run in a long time. You know, one of our, our fans, um, at Andrew QND, um, who, you know, is an avid listener of the show, you know, said best run since... December of 2014. And, I mean, this has been a real, it was a really good show, and I think a lot of people have felt that way. So, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I don't know how they're going to get out of this while still making it a fun show, because once Stephanie and Triple H come out there, it's going to be like, oh my god, here we go again with the same BS. So, I don't know. I'm not sure how they get out of that. Uh, what do you think they do? How, how do you think they get out of this? Uh, I'm guessing maybe we see another match for control, which he either wins or he loses and he's done. I mean, I've always thought that there was a chance that uh, at SummerSlam we would see Triple H versus Shane for some sort of a control type of thing. But, I mean, due to the fact he didn't actually win control, I don't know if they still can go in that direction. I mean, I thought it was interesting the fact that when we did our show on Sunday – it was originally advertised that, you know, the authority was going to be making their return on Monday. And then they weren't there. So I don't know if they'll be making their return on, you know, uh, on, on Raw this week or how long we don't have Triple H. You know, I think that's an easy way you can do it where you have a Triple H versus Shane match or someone wrestles for Shane against Triple H for some sort of control. Oh my gosh, another match for control? Oh. oh, I agree. It sounds terrible, but I mean, what else can they do, really? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they can get out of it. I mean, that would make Triple H look like a heel again. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I want to give some love to the Miz segment. I It's an undercard segment, but it's an entertaining segment. And Maurice is back, and listen, Maurice is, is easy on the eyes. Um, I thought she was tremendous I, in that segment. I, was, I thought she was very funny. Yeah, she's she's pretty good. I, I always thought she was great on the mic. I did note that at work, she pot. I always thought she was really good on the mic. Not great in the ring at all. Mm -hmm. But I always thought she was pretty good on the mic. And I, and I said this on Twitter, too. <laughs> that accent seems to go in and out pretty often. And I actually asked if she was if she really was French. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, Kavar Coleman at Bold Black Guy said, "Yes, she is French Canadian." So thank you at Bold Black Guy on Twitter for for telling me um, because her accent seemed to go in and out. But yeah, I, I like what they're doing with the Miz and with Maurice and kind of her supporting him. I know it probably doesn't total diva and whatever. And 
and it's an undercard, you know, uh, deal, a mid mid card feud or what have you, mid card angle, should I say? But I enjoy it, and I think WWE needs to make sure they're doing this. Make their mid carders meaningful, yeah. and you know, hopefully, with the Miz, that's kind of what they're doing. And you know, I I think we had this conversation off air last week, or we may have actually brought it on the air. But when you brought up, you know, the idea of that tearaway suit from Cesaro getting, you know, getting old really fast, um, I'm done with it. I can't, I, it's just, it's, I don't know what to say. It's just. Yeah. It, 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 it was great uh, at first. And is he a Secret Service? You know, uh, is he a member of the Secret Service or something? I don't know what his yeah. character is, really. Yeah. I mean, it was fine at first. Maybe because it's like he's a Swiss Superman. I, I don't really know. But oh, so he's Clark I, Kent. What? So he's Clark Kent. He's getting out of his costume, and uh... I have no idea. And then some people say it's James Bond. I don't know. We nobody knows. <laughs> um, I, I think I think I'm over the suit. I'm 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 over. Just come out in. You don't kind of have to come out in the Beats headphones, but just just come out in ring gear. Fine. Absolutely. And like you said, I really enjoyed the segment. I think that Cesaro and Miz can put on a solid match at the pay-per-view. Absolutely. And uh, I I know that you're higher, I think, at times as, of these secondary titles than I am, because I've kind of been beaten down over the years on secondary titles just make you the, the first guy that, you know, a lot of times will job out to the contenders for the world title nowadays. But do you, do you like the idea of Cesaro... I don't know if the right word is getting saddled with, but having the possibly having the IC title. I mean, only one guy can hold the WWE title, right? right. So, um, and right now that's Reigns, and it's going to be Reigns for a long time. So, or so we think, depending on if the Bullet Club, whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so we think he's going to have the title for a while, and so maybe this is something good for Shazar to do, and. You know, I don't know if Cesaro's going to even win. I don't think so. But they could make the feud. They could make the feud meaningful. Um, they really could make the feud meaningful if they give it enough time on the card. They, you know, g- give it an, you know, give it enough time. They could make it a meaningful, uh, a meaningful mid card feud. Just because it's a mid card feud doesn't mean it can't have some meaning. And the other, the the other title is on Kalisto, and he, people who might be worried, he it was a worked injury, he's actually fine, but him as, him as U.S. champion has kind of been, who cares about the U.S. title right now? And the reason I bring that up is, do you think they might have done the injury angle to basically split up the Lucha Dragon so he can just go out on his own as a singles maybe now? It's a reason to go and break up the team? Um. Yeah, maybe. I mean, at this point... You know, Sankara is just, you know, he's just he's a low-card guy. Um, and so, you know, at this point, it's better than breaking them off. Um, Kalisto really hasn't hit with the audience that much. Um, I, mean, I mean, the U.S. title is basically the European title. It's so crazy what that belt meant like a year ago with Cena and now what it means with Kalisto, poor Kalisto. But, yeah, I don't think we'll see the Lucha Dragons as much as a tag team moving forward. I mean, it's kind of interesting, the idea of, do you think that, and maybe for any babyface who has a title, do you think if Kalisto was doing the John Cena invitational thing, it would have helped this title run? Or do you think the idea of just keeping that as a John Cena invitational thing was the right move? Because I really think if Kalisto was doing the opening challenge, even especially with his size and being the underdog, I think that might have helped him get over more with the crowd besides, you know, having to uh, Selena Del Sol off a ladder to get a pop. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they should have kept the open challenges. I think open challenges are great for a baby face. I think open challenges are great for a baby face, and I think it would have kept him, it would have kept the mid-card guys going. It would have kept him relevant. Um, I, I think it was a great idea. Maybe they didn't want to do it because it's Cena, and only Cena can do it, but I think it would have made him look good. Yeah. So, uh, what's your opinion of Puerto Rico? I mean, I know it's a lovely place to visit. It's in the uh, it's in the news a lot nowadays. But well, Apparently, uh, their flowers are awesome. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, Corey. <laughs> I mean, 
I thought I thought the primo promo, the primo and, and his, his cousin there promos, the cologne. I thought the promos were for the flowers. I thought they were putting over a, a goddamn flower. It was awful. <laughs> what are they doing? What is this team? Why is Carlito not there? Can, can I just say, at body guy, Carlito, can we make a, a GoFundMe account? To get Carlito back in the WWE, I don't know. I think, Pri- I think Primo. I think Primo should run a GoFundMe account to get him further <laughs> back in the WWE because he's like lost without. Him. Now Primo's graying, like he's old now. He's been there forever, Corey. Oh my god, it's so long. I Carlito think- hasn't been. I, Carlito was. Listen, I am an unabashed, huge, huge fan of his. Um, have been for a long time, and. I mean, I don't even know who this, the cousin is. I don't even know the guy's name. Epica. He's been there for 10 years. Don't even know the man's name. Hammenager. Hammenager Cologne. What? <laughs> the Colons. I don't know what these, I don't know what these, these flower promos are. Are they going to come out with flowers? Are they going to be named after the red flower? What are we doing here? They, they did, they had one failed, veiled shot. Oh, Puerto Rico's better than anything. Well, I mean, it's not because. People come here from Puerto Rico all the time. I mean, not to be a jerk, but I mean, let's let's not let's not go crazy, okay? So, I mean, what are we doing here? I don't know. These vignettes are stupid. At this point of the show, I have to go and say that the views of Jason Brooks are not those of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast or any of those who support the process. Uh, of Puerto Rico, but I'm just you know, I mean, what are we doing here? I don't disagree. I mean, like the people from Russia, you tell me Russia's better than America. I mean, come on, let's let's, let's figure it out here. Uh, put in my body. Oh God. Uh. <laughs> okay, what is? You tell me. Yes. What's this tag team? What are they going to be? Why are they giving them vignettes? Because the Matadors went home. I don't know. Uh, who the hell knows? I. They're, they are what they are at this point. I mean, they're guys who make, you know, a downside guarantee. I'm sure they're doing pretty well. Carlito's not in the WWE for whatever reason, especially the fact that I don't think he mostly can pass the drug test. Well, no, Car- well, Carlito did say, um, and this was not a Dave Meltzer or This was an interview he did with MVP. Right, the VIP lounge. The right. VIP lounge. He, you know, he said he would definitely go back. WWE made him an offer. He countered. The WWE said no. It's too much money, and so that's that's it. So I I maybe we see him come back at some point. I don't think he's totally gone yet. Um, I do know he likes the ganj, so he would probably have to lay that off for a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I do hope he comes back because I think his brother needs him. I agree. I mean, it is what it is. Unfortunately. Primo and Epico. Primo, I think, is actually really good. Epico, that's his name. Thank you, Corey. When, when, you, li- when you listen back either on iTunes or uh, or Stitcher, you'll hear me have said Epico like 12 times as you were trying to figure out his name. But you didn't hear me, but it's okay. <laughs> it won't be the first or the last time on this podcast where you say, great question, excellent idea. And then when I actually talk, you have no idea what I'm – you're not listening to me. So it's okay. <laughs> I, I expect the worst. Um one thing I wanted, and this is going to be unexpected to you, just just popped in my head, so I do apologize. So if you don't have a great opinion on it, I understand. But we had, I said last week, Blackjack Mulligan died. This week we had Bulls Mahoney. Um, yeah. Christian a- uh, Adel, I believe it was. Guy who was an ROH friend of Jimmy Jacobs. Jimmy Jacobs put on his Twitter account today that he passed away. Uh, Travis, another indie uh, worker, I think Chris Travis, there's been 10 wrestlers already in 2016 that have wow. died. Um, wow. I know that it's not nearly as bad as it was, you know, a couple of years ago where we saw wrestlers just drop in every five minutes. But this is getting a little sad and a little, a little scary again. I mean, I know we don't usually talk the depressing stuff if we can help it. But just one of those things that I think we should give a moment. I mean, I watched Balls Mahoney when he was in ECW. And, Corey, the other thing is, 42 years old. Listen, he's not – Blackjack Mulligan, I think, is different. I mean, he's 73 years old. Oh, right, absolutely, man. yeah. I mean, I believe he had cancer or something like that. I mean, that's absolutely, horrible, yeah. obviously. But it's a little bit different situation. Both Mahoney was 42 years old. Yeah. And I don't know what the cause of death was. I don't yeah, know we haven't heard yet. Yeah. What would you say? They haven't uh, They haven't said yet. They, I didn't think they were – yeah, they haven't released it yet. Um, 
you know, so we all know what a brutal sport. I mean, we don't know, obviously, firsthand because we haven't wrestled before. But, you know, we've heard accounts from so many wrestlers about um, how brutal um, of a sport it is, or sports entertainment, whatever the hell you want to call it, firsthand. I mean, MVP has said, you know, when he's been interviewed, he said, there's not a day that goes by that something on my body doesn't hurt. And that's the life of a professional wrestler. Absolutely. So you go through those hurts and you go through those pains, those sacrifices, like watching Lucha Underground. I mean, these moves, Corey, got, dropping guys in their head, dropping guys in their neck. Like, I'm surprised more guys are not seriously hurt in these matches. It's, it, it, the, the talent of these guys are unbelievable. But it takes a takes a toll on your on your body over the years, um, and I mean balls Mahoney brought a crazy style. He got hit in the chair, hit in the head with the chair, and a million times. And I'm sure when he left ECW, they weren't hiring because he wrestled like uh, Eddie Guerrero. You know, they were hiring because he it does crazy shit in the ring. And so I'm sure he's wrestling for freaking fifty dollars a night, getting hit in the head with chairs. Now, I could be wrong on that, but I'm just guessing that's probably what happened. And, again, we don't know why he passed, but at 42 years old, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, and so, and they haven't released it, which leads you to believe it could be, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's sad. There, you know, Axel Rotten, correct? He passed away, too? Uh, he's passed away, um, yeah, I think, late last year. Yeah. Now, I think he passed away, Corey, not that long ago. Oh, okay. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was not that long ago, and I think that was a, a, a self-inflicted gunshot wound. If I remember, right. yeah, correctly. I think you're right on that. I don't want to speak out of hand, but I believe that's what happened. And so, it's 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 sad what happens to these guys um, that they're not much older than we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we were kids, we'd have guys dying over 45, when we were 20. Now we're Mid mid to late thirties, <laughs> and these guys are early forties. It's 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 scary, it really is. True. I mean, like I said, didn't want to take it down down note, but you know, one of the things we talk about this show is just not the stuff in the ring, but you know, talk about all the different things going on. Uh, absolutely, and you know what? The WWE people rip them for a lot of things, and I get it. You know, listen, I, as much as it's about protecting their company, which I'm sure it's ninety nine point nine percent of the reason they're doing this, no chair shots. You know what I mean? And it looks a little corny, but no chair shots. When Samojo is bleeding like a maniac, you know, they're patching him up. They know they need to protect their guys. Now, maybe they need to protect their guys so they don't get sued, but, you know, they also know they need to protect the, the, the wrestlers from, them, from themselves in, in many cases. Uh, agreed. I mean, it's... It's amazing, uh, you know, how young these guys are and everything else. So, Lozami, wish the best to, the, you know, his family. I know that he had a wife and a young young child. So, I mean, uh, going from bad, sad news to more bad, sad news. Uh, that company that every once in a while we talk about, usually for the wrong reason. I mean, they've had a good product lately, but uh, TNA Wrestling is, once again, looks like they're getting closer and closer to the edge of non-existence. I mean, uh, they basically have had a move out of where they were. I mean, people are putting, you know, memes online of they're, they're, they're going to be, you know, you know, the trailer down by the river. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't look good. They, they lost their West Coast replay. Uh, they used to be, they on the East Coast, they were on from 9 to 11, and then, they were on from 12 to 2 right afterwards, which would be 9 o'clock on the West Coast. Uh, they didn't lose the replay totally like they did, you know, when they lost programming on Destination America at the end. They're actually going to be on Saturdays at 11.30 a.m., which for me and Jay, that kind of brings back my childhood, the idea of one of the things that I watched when I was a kid on Saturday mornings and Sundays was, you know, WWE uh, programming and then on, you know, the weekend, 605, the Superstation, WCW. So, I mean, there is a history of Saturday morning and Saturday programming. But this I don't think this was the way they wanted to get on that time slot. I mean, let, let's talk about, you know, them moving out of their offices um, in Nashville and then moving to the, the shop TNA warehouse. Um, 
and they're moving as part of a cost-cutting measure. And according to Meltzer, they're being evicted by building management, and their only choice is to move into the warehouse. Now, again, that's Meltzer reporting it. We don't know that to be true for sure. Um, but if that's the case, and they are being evicted out of their TNA, out of their office, and moving into the shop TNA warehouse, you know, it tells you the straits that they're in. And, you know, they that it's been well known that they've been looking for investors and things like that. I mean, who wants to put money into this company? You know, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, their, num their numbers for Tuesday's show were, were low. Um, very disappointing numbers for their show. So I can give that to you guys in a second. Um, they're not doing a replay. That Their March 8th episode had a total of 280,000 viewers. Um, oh, my bad. Uh, their April 12th show had 286,000 viewers. Their March 8th show had 280,000 viewers. So they're not really moving up um, in, in terms of numbers of viewers. Their ad rates apparently are pretty low. Listen, we say that this company is going to in trouble every time, and then they, they continue to come back. They continue to get deals. They continue to do what they have to do. But at some point, you know... I don't know. There's still time. Who knows? But I, I, can we officially say things are not looking good, or, or can we not say that? We've um, been talking on this podcast for two years that they're not looking good. Absolutely. And you know, the funny part is, and I'm not the first or the last person to say this, this year, since they've gone to Pop TV, the majority of their shows have been quite good. And it's just like, it's sad, the idea that these people are working so hard. Bobby Lashley is basically... Ha hasn't been this good in quite a long time. EC3 is over as a babyface. Stuff with the Hardys and Drew Galloway is going, you know, well. It's just sad. Every time you look around, either someone's leaving or, you know, there's they, they're having to move into, you know, the, a factory, you know, where they supply all the toys and stuff. And, I mean, I'm sure they're... I'm sure at some point they're going to have to go throw away, you know, some of the willow uh, umbrellas that they they ordered. I mean, there's good things going on in TNA, but all the bad things are going on outside. But one thing I will say, and it is amazing, I'd love to get your point of view on this. What is there about TNA that people continue to watch this product? I mean, it looks like the company's going to die every 10 I mean, minutes. Not that many people watching. Yeah, but you know what? They still have, what? Triple the amount of people. I know they have a lot more homes, but they they squash, you know, what ROH does. They squash what Lucha Underground does. I mean, they still have that constant audience that, like, never goes away. That 200,000 or whatever people that, you know, will stay with this company no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I agree. But the numbers are going lower and lower and lower. True. <clears throat> you know, um, the numbers are, are continuing to... Decimate. Uh, decrease. And, you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, moving on to uh, what slowly has become, well, was already one of your favorites and slowly becoming my favorite product week in and week out. It'd be lovely to see how it, how good or bad it would be if it was more than an hour long. But uh, Lucha Underground, it's kind of become a little bit of a staple this show. No new information as far as we've heard in regards to the Rico Ricochet situation. Ricochet said he won't be uh, part of the Cruiserweight tournament because he'll be uh, in the Super Juniors uh, for New Japan. So he'll still be doing stuff with New Japan. Uh, don't know where he stands. Another guy who looks like he wants to go to the WWE but is stuck in contract hell, it looks like, is King Cuerno. Who was, really? Uh, yeah, King Cuerno is, has wanted to go to the WWE. Uh, he just came back to AAA, where he wasn't, you know, he was trying to get out of that, but he wasn't able to, so he finally went back there. Apparently, the next week or two, he'll be at the Season 3 tapings, which I guess he hasn't been at. Um, so, King Cuerno would love to go to the WWE, but... I guess, is, that, is that why they haven't featured him as much this year? That might be why, because he hasn't been featured, I think, as much as... And he is, Corey. Spectacular. He's one of the top... Ten guys in Lucha Underground for sure. He's awesome. 
Yeah. In the ring, he is awesome. So maybe that's why they haven't featured him as much. You know, it's, it's interesting to see where this is all going with these contracts that they, you know, people have signed, which I think is very interesting. I mean, we talk about that more in another week, but this whole type of thing that happened with, you know, when we found out about Hernandez with these seven-year, you know, contract situations where people, you know, want to get out of these deals, but they can't. I mean, you know, so... Yeah, and then in Lucha Underground, what happens after they tape season three? I mean, they're going to put season three on. Right. But what if after season two, they're like, well, we're going to put season three on, but then after season three, the show will be kicked, but, you know, there'll be no more Lucha Underground. Right. Can the guys then say, well, F it, I'm going to go. Any, I'm going to go, you know... I mean, it's funny. We saw Ricochet, you know, in New Japan, and then couple days later, we see him in a mask going Lucha Underground. I mean, I, I don't see why we couldn't see that in the WWE at some point. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. It will. Definitely will be one of those things to look out for. Uh, but, uh, no, this week on Lucha Underground, we uh, saw uh, like a guy I'd like to get your opinion on. What do you think of Killshot? Because I, I think, <laughs> I thought that promo they did with the backstory of him, you know, I guess it was two weeks ago, but yeah. was really interesting, really well done. Yeah. I think his finishing move is a little dangerous, to say the least. Uh, yes. Thinking about people possibly getting their neck broken. Uh, yeah, and that's the move I was thinking of when I said that. I'm like, he could have... And even... Um, and my girlfriend was watching it, and first of all, she she's like, I think Lucha Underground is better than WWE, which, you know, not surprised she'd say that. But um, she saw that finisher. She's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that looks dangerous. You know, but that's similar to um, uh, Kenny Omega's move. Mean, Broken, so. yeah, the one-armed angel's wing, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah angel's wing. But what do you think of uh, him? Oh, and to answer you about Killshot Starcourt, I, I think he's okay. I, I think he's fine. Um, his match wasn't anything to write home about. He's got a very thin frame. Um, you know, he's tall, but you know, he needs to gain, uh, gain some mass. I think he's a fine mid-card, low-card guy for Lucha Underground right now. I, I would agree with you. I mean, I thought it was interesting the fact they actually – did a little promo for him, a little backstory, so yeah. we at least know a little bit more about him now, which I still find amazing, the fact that these announcers don't don't actually see the promos and stuff. I just find that such a weird dynamic. It's interesting television. Well, well they did do, Matt Stryker did do about 18 military puns during the match. It was a little bit, uh, a little bit much, yeah. you know? Like, it was a little much, but, you know. But uh, I did, one thing I did like was that we found another part in this whole time, Dario Cueto's story, but he found out that Black Lotus is kind of like a double agent, I guess, with uh, Dragon Azteca Jr. We saw that little yeah. backstage segment, so I thought that was kind of cool and interesting on how this story is continuing. And I just have to say, Dario Cueto, every week, just gets better and better. I just think he's... he's I mean, he's so a legit funny. actor. He's awesome. Yeah, he's... He's, he really does this role really well. I mean, the stuff I mean, in the office with him. Something WWE should look into, Corey, is having people in manager roles who are actually professional actors. They seem they hire these actors to do these, you know, to be lawyers or whatever, and they're always like the worst actors ever. They're always absolutely awful. Or they hire like in, you know indie guys to do stuff. They hire actors to do this role. You look at. Um, uh, Mil Mascaris is girl there, um, and, and you look at Dario Cueto. They're legitimately really, really good. And, oh, you're talking about um, Katrina? Katrina. Who was actually, it. when you used to watch, he was Maxine in uh, NXT, and not in NXT, in the previous NXT, FCW. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know that she's moved to Los Angeles. That was an interview that MVP did mm -hmm. um, and is, you know, doing pilots and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting. And, and I think those, they bring a lot to the, they bring a lot to the product. Dara Cueto is awesome. Absolutely. And like I said, I, little things that you wouldn't expect to <clears throat> find interesting when he puts his spin on it really makes yeah, it work. I, I mean, I that, that stuff in the office this week with him and uh, with Cage saying, we know you're, you're, the, you're the Wolverine. I almost yeah. fell out of my seat dying. I was catching up before we started the show tonight, and I saw that, and I had to stop, rewind, and watch that again. I'm like, we all know you're the Wolverine. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just dying laughing. I know it wasn't that funny. But I'm sitting there going, 
That's something that he can do. That he's works. got good timing. He's, he's got good timing. It doesn't, and, and my girlfriend pointed this out too, it, is that it doesn't seem as corny as the WWE. It like doesn't seem as corny. And it makes sense because the audience is not, it's not a kid audience necessarily. You know what I mean? Right. And the last thing on that, just, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in his in Dario Cueto's office, there's this sign nameplate saying, "I'm a pretty important uh, something like I'm a pretty important guy or something." I'm a pretty big deal. I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> just, oh my god! I'm sitting there going, "This is just so smart and so brilliant." I mean, I'm really looking forward to next week. Mil Mortez versus uh, Matanza. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do there. I wasn't sad that Matanza wasn't on the show. I I understand. I do understand. And uh, last thing on Lucha Underground, Jay, I'm not going to ask you to comment on this, but uh, mm-hmm. I accidentally saw the results for Aztec Warfare 3. Oh, and when that... Oh, that's, that's, let me say this one point. When we get there, I think that's going to be a very, very interesting conversation we have because the result was, was very interesting. And I saw it accidentally because I was looking up the article that you put up on our Facebook page, that people should definitely check out, the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. But the article you put up on uh, Ricochet, I hit the back button, and all of a sudden I see Aztec Warfare, and it wasn't, you know, click on this for another story. Right next to it, underneath it says, who won Aztec Warfare? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so, they, my- so they did another one this season. Right. They do or one. Is this yeah. for next season? Yes, this is for uh, season three. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah, they're, that's they're, so far into the future. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Absolutely. Right. But like I said, when we find out the result, it's going to be one of those conversations that we're going to have. It's going to be very interesting. But um, Like a year and a half from now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, you read results? What? I don't even remember. Um, but I think we, we've covered a lot of interesting topics today. Uh, we're going to get back to you guys next, next week, I believe. We'll... Uh, after the New York uh, primaries, which we'll actually be able to vote in, you know, that's another subject for another day. But uh, we'll have a <laughs> we'll have a show next week. Uh, following week, we're still trying to figure out with the uh, the NFL draft. Uh, Jay won't be around for a lot of that. He'll be doing other things. I might be just calling in. I might I might have a, have had a couple of Manhattans. My buddy really makes good Manhattan. I might have a couple of Manhattan. That's an adult beverage for for the kids. Um, I have a couple of those, and uh, just call into the show. It'll be a, it'll be a casual show. I'll still watch Raw before I go, so I'll still have a foothold on that. Um, I won't watch Lucha Underground or NXT um, or or that, so I'll have watched Raw at least. So you know, we'll, do, we'll we'll get something out to you guys for sure. But like I said, we'll have a show next week. We'll figure out when that will be. Some point next week, maybe a Wednesday or Thursday of next week, but. Uh, Jason, would you like to let people know how they can go and follow our show and catch up on, you know, episodes they may have missed? Sure. There's a lot out there. So um, just type in Work Shoot Podcast on iTunes. Type uh, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcasts are in iTunes. Um, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, on Stitcher, we are the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And so just add to favorites so you don't miss an episode on Stitcher. Um, our website is blocktalkradio.com backslash work shoot podcast. So blocktalkradio.com backslash work shoot podcast. You can find a bunch of our old episodes on there as well. Um, we're also on Twitter. Corey is at Paladin808. I am at work shoot pod. Uh, I actually had fun live tweeting raw for the first time in a long time. It wasn't a chore. I wasn't laboring or falling asleep. So um, uh, check me out on Twitter at WorkshootPod. We have a Facebook page. Mostly we put articles up and, and it's our, um, you know, our podcast and things like that. And that's the Workshoot Podcast. But we also have a Facebook group and we're inviting people. We want people to comment and talk. And they can talk about our show. They can talk about wrestling in general, whatever. And that's also uh, the Workshoot Podcast. So um, just look for those things. Um, look for invites that I send you guys for the group and, and you know, wh- whatever your comments are. We got some great comments on Twitter. So we really, really welcome you guys, um, you know, making comments on Twitter, educating me about Maurice being a French Canadian, 
telling me my opinions about raw or stupid, whatever you want to say, at work to shoot pot. And, you know, when speaking of uh, Twitter, if you have any subjects that you want us to talk about on the podcast, you know, hopefully wrestling related, if you want to bring up, you know, how the Cleveland Browns are going to screw up the second overall pick, we'll do that ourselves, I'm sure. Oh, they're definitely going to do that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, feel free to be one with the conversation. Uh, we'll be back mostly next week with a, a live show. This is, uh, we're doing this one tape this week because uh, we had some audio issues last week, just playing it safe. But um, I guess final thought of the, of the week, at least on my part, I've really, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, all the interaction that we've had and hope, to, hope it continues in the next couple of weeks and years and months ahead. So uh, for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Thank you for all the support that you give us every week. And uh, we'll be back next week with more of the Worksheet Wrestling Podcast. Jason, the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.